Hello, product innovators. Today, we learned from the founder of an online startup funding platform that's done over $70 million in financing. He teaches us what startups can do to best finance their hardware products with modern funding options. You're listening to the Product Startup Podcast, the show that helps bring your product idea to life by chatting with successful inventors, product developers, manufacturers, and hardware industry professionals. Our goal here is to get to the bottom of what makes a product successful, from initial idea to getting your product on store shelves. We're taking you step-by-step to build a functional product and scale your product business. Hosted by Kevin Mako, one of North America's leading experts on hardware development for small product businesses. Now, onto the show. Welcome back, everyone. Today, I'm very excited to introduce Peter Paul to the show. Peter Paul is the founder of FrontFunder, one of North America's top platforms for equity crowdfunding for startups and small scaling businesses. He's a TEDx speaker on investment crowdfunding and is a member of the Securities Commission and is an advisor to both the Private Capital Markets Association and the National Crowdfunding and FinTech Association. Simply put, Peter Paul is the person to talk to when it comes to crowdfunding capital for hardware startup. Today, He's going to share some valuable knowledge on how inventors, startups, and small manufacturers can raise funding to scale their product businesses, especially in modern times when there's a lot more funding opportunities than ever before. Now on to the show. Peter Paul, welcome to the show. Thanks, Kevin. It's great to be here. Yeah, really nice to have you on. Uh, talking money, which is always an interesting uh, topic. Fundraising and you know how to scale and all that good stuff in between. Um, I understand we were just chatting beforehand. Uh, you just got uh, a dog a few months ago. It's kind of like your COVID thing. <laughs> yes, that's right. It's uh, the, the, the I mean, and I'm not the only one, right? Uh, that uh, basically decide who decide to 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 uh, have a dog, and indeed, so we got a dog. Uh, but no, it's now eight, nearly nine months, and of course, you spend an awful lot of time at home, and then you're thinking, you know, what else is there to to do at home, and and also to get you out of the door. So indeed, we, uh, me and my family, we got a dog, a labradoodle, uh, really funny right thing, funny dog, and uh, it's yeah. great. So you take him out, go out for runs, and you know, make sure you get out of this little space here and spend an awful lot of time. So that's right. Anything to so get out of the house, right? Yeah. So that's my latest gig. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, dog sales were up like crazy, uh, yes. and and of course, as an extension of that, you know, one of those silver lining industries, pet. Uh, pet toys and pet products and all that stuff was was booming. We definitely saw a, lo- a lot of that. Uh, some of our clients that uh, we've developed pet products for in a variety of cases have just been booming in terms of sales as people are you know, spending more time with their pets and being more interactive and all that sort of stuff. So, hey, you know, opportunities, uh, you know, sometimes can come out of these things and, and weird and unusual places right totally and that's a massive industry right i mean dog owners or pet owners you want you want the best for your pet like it's all emotional marketing exercise as well so yeah interesting absolutely so let's get into talking uh, about financing i'm really excited to talk to you today because you are one of the kind of foremost north american experts on kind of i don't know what exactly to call it but like alternative or modern forms of startup financing and and scaling uh, startups as well through these new types of financing tools and channels and, and platforms that are coming out. Um, Peter, Paul, why don't you just give us a, a bit of an overview on you know what's kind of happened over the last five years in the startup financing space? Yeah, sure. Um, it's interesting, Kevin. So traditionally on sort of on the funding side, how do startups, you've got an idea, you want to take your idea to to prototype, you want to take it to production and sales and scale up. And so how do you 
through all those stages how to attract funding and you know sort of the traditional ways to to do that is of course if if possible you put some of your own money in you go to your family friends uh, and then you go to let me let me say call it sort of usual suspects you go to you know angel investors uh perhaps vcs typically you're further down the road before you're even ready to you know to to get a vc in uh, venture capital uh, firms so that's kind of the traditional way you put your deck to that you pitch deck together you run around you fly around do your pitches and, and hopefully get get money in now of course with the whole evolution of of digital technology and the internet and the you know the the emerging uh, marketplaces just as we now buy products essentially all online and you know connecting buyers and sellers um, and suppliers through the internet um, it, it basically originated with the idea like hey what if we introduce those kind of you know today's technology and the internet in this whole process of companies looking to, for capital and on the other side investors that may be interested to invest in those in those companies and and that is indeed and you already mentioned you know the idea of an alternative financing uh, often is referred to as equity crowdfunding uh, or investment crowdfunding and essentially it started with 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 the idea with the idea of Kickstarter and Indiegogo that right. basically used it really to hey I got an idea put it on K- Kickstarter and see you can get basically people donate or pre-purchase the the the, the product or receive rewards that kind of thing so and then so what what investment or equity crowdfunding does is essentially applying that uh, same principle but then not to getting the product or getting a gadget or no actually becoming a an owner, a co-owner in that company. And, and if you leverage technology, use the internet, when you do that online, then as an entrepreneur, why wouldn't you reach indeed out to anybody? So go far beyond these angels or VCs, just go to, to the public essentially. And that is this new phenomenon that, that originated in you know, the UK and Australia, where I would say it's already sort of, you know, uh, has been going on for nearly 10 years. And it's now here in North America is also catching up quickly and is heading towards becoming mainstream. So companies can now add to their, let's say, um, um, alternative routes to raise capital. They can now, they can still go to the angels, VCs. Now they can also go to the public through investment crowdfunding. Yeah, this is absolutely amazing because it's, you know, I I think two things to me really stand out. Um, First of all, it gives access to hardware startups like never before, right? There's always that that first round, like you mentioned, it's, it's friends and family or you know personal funding, whatever your case, maybe maybe an earlier angel investor that kind of gets you to that let's call it production level, right? That's that's your development, your R and D uh, expense. But then, really, the big question becomes: Well, how do you scale? You know, how do you go from uh, being ready to produce to producing 500 units to producing 10,000 units? Um, which is something we talk a lot about on the show. So this new instrument of crowdfunding for equity is fantastic because now you've got a whole massive audience base that you can leverage to invest in small amounts or big amounts or or everything in between. Um, But also on the flip side, I think it's incredible for people in Canada and the US and worldwide to be able to get access to these early companies like never before. And that to me is a brilliant thing because really that was reserved for the professional angels or the venture capital firms, even into seed. Uh, you don't get to have access to these amazing high growth firms until they go public, which is usually not until they're you know multi hundred, if not multi billion dollar companies. By then they've already grown you know fifty or hundred x 
from what their original investors paid for those shares, right? And, and, and you've missed out on that whole ride along the way, no matter how much you love it, right? So it's access of capital for the hardware startups that never were seen before and access to great companies that the world essentially now um, can can take part in. So Peter, you know, you run one of the big platforms, Front Funder, for this very thing, crowdfunding equity. Um, what can you... Uh, how can you explain kind of best practices uh, around a company thinking about using this type of a platform to, you know, to, to go into production or to scale up their production or to scale the growth of their hardware startup? Yeah. So <clears throat> the, the company is based on, and indeed we launched our platform now nearly uh, five years ago. And um, so we've done now close to 70 deals through our platform, capital raises through the platform for a variety of companies, uh, startups to scale-ups to later stage private companies all the way. And you mentioned it also of companies go go public. And it's it's exactly uh, just to circle back on a comment you made is that, you know, uh, what we're essentially doing is rather than the public that typically has to wait indeed uh, to until the, the the public the company goes public, if that ever happens, because maybe they're sold to another company, we're saying why not invite that same public? Often they're also the customers of these companies. Think, think right. potentially about think about a Twitter, Facebook. What if you could in the early days invest when it's sort of in the prototype stage and you could throw in a couple of hundred dollars and become a co-owner at that time, right? And we're saying, well, that what if we turn into reality? We basically enable you to to, to invest from the, from the very beginning. And there's one other um, aspect, and it ties into your question about, about sort of best practices on the platform, is... <clears throat> For a company, from a company perspective, for startup, it's a, it's obviously it's a way to raise capital, but it's also an opportunity to create awareness around your product and right. engagement with the community. Um, you know, we have companies, for example, say, look, I already have. 30,000 users or 50,000 users and now I want to take my company or, or customers for that matter. I want to take my company to the next next level and I want to you know reach out to my customers and I want to reach out to the wider community to also create more awareness about my around my product or service and and and, and, and around the company. So so the, the, the companies that really sort of um, um, leverage the opportunity to, to the max, I would say, by using equity crowdfunding is those that sort of have recognized the value of, hey, this is a way not only to raise capital, but this is a great marketing exercise as well. And right. if you could bring those two together, then you basically got for your same efforts, you, you're serving two purposes. You got your money and you you increase your awareness in the market and probably even sales, like, you know, creating uh, customers, et cetera. Now, um, a couple of uh, uh, you know uh, examples on our on our platform, and as I said, we had a variety of companies. Uh, we recently have um, you know home trainer, um, a gym on the home gym trainer on the on the platform. Uh, right. It's a good example. So there, and they actually went through a Kickstarter campaign in the past or eighty go. I can't remember, but one of those. And now they're raising on our on our on our on our platform. Well, that, that's interesting. Let's hold there for a second because I think it's it's really important to differentiate between. Kickstarter Indiegogo and this, right? Yeah. And, and the, really the big key is Kickstarter Indiegogo, you are funding essentially a production run. They're buying the a, a unit off you, which you will ship at a later date, six months down the road, whatever it is, when, once you get your production sorted out. So essentially they're financing your production run. They're not getting any equity in the company. All they are getting is essentially the right to be one of the first users to receive that product. Whereas 
crowdfunding uh, or, or crowdfunding for equity is where people are actually investing in the company. And that, that's really the key difference here. So it's it's really interesting. I, I like that you mentioned there, and I'd like to dig a little deeper on that. How you know they first started with crowdfunding, which by the way, you, you talked about raising awareness, which is an amazing double-edged sword of this. Not only are you raising capital, but you're building awareness. That was one of the best features I always said about Kickstarter and Indiegogo, because yes, you're able to sell you know whatever hundred thousand dollars worth of units, and that's great. You can use that financing, but that wasn't the value. The value was 10x that in terms of the coverage that you got, the fact that you're now able to leverage off that to get bigger buyers. Now you can leverage off that to get much bigger investors, uh, all that sort of great, let's call it intangible or indirect benefits that, that's a result. I really never found that the actual money part of Kickstarter and Indiegogo was the value. The value really was in the bigger picture stuff, the totally, equity totally. value, all of that. So yeah. you know, it's great when you can now take it one step further, do a Kickstarter campaign, raise a bunch of money, leverage that to now... Um, get onto something like Front Funder and raise a massive kind of investment round to really scale that business yeah. uh, to become a multi-million dollar enterprise. Right? Yeah. yeah. You know, let me give you a quick, quick example. And I used it in one of my talks in the past is that, uh, and, and you know, the, the audience here may, may uh, remember the Oculus, the virtual reality oh, yeah. headset. Oculus. Oh, yeah. Now, Oculus, this was uh, several years ago. So Oculus went on Kickstarter and they raised, uh, I believe it was, I don't have exact numbers, but about two, two to three million US dollars. And then um, was it a year or two years later, uh, they were acquired by Facebook for, I believe, $2 billion. So right. those pledges through, through Kickstarter, they pre-purchased, um, you know, this, this headset and, 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 uh, and they got a, also a nice t-shirt with it and all that. So they participated in that race. And I use that to explain the difference here because, so what if those pledgers uh, that went through Kickstarter, what if they would have, instead of pledging that or pre-purchasing it, what if they would have invested in Oculus at that time? And I think it was something like minimum, it was, was I think the headset, uh, I think it was about 300 US dollars. So what if they would have invested uh, 300 US dollars, actually not in the project itself, but in the company itself? And perhaps they get a, a, a prototype or a discount on the project or uh, on, the, on, the, on the actual product. If they would have done that at that time, they would that money would have then be worth that 300 would have been worth something like $40,000. Well, that's of course, those are exceptional examples, but it explains the difference. Like, Hey, if I had sort of a piece of the action at that time, um, then this is what actually could happen. And the story gets even better, uh, Kevin, in terms of when you compare those two, because what we see on our platform or companies uh, that raise on a platform is that you can actually combine it. So for example, um, you invest in, in uh, we had this for a, um, an, um, a, a plant-based a plant um, protein uh, food company. And so you invest in a company and if you invest 250, you get sort of a, you get a, a selection samples of the product. If you invest 500, you get it for three months. If you invest more, you can, so you can basically combine becoming an, an owner equity owner in the company with also experiencing, if you haven't already, the actual product. Oh, so you can very be very creative powerful. and become say, hey, look, I invested in this company. You should try this. It's really good. Or it looks really great, doesn't it? So you can be really creative in terms of maximizing the investor, not just like, hey, this is an investment, but I'm also experiencing this product and, and share it with your friends and all that. Well, that, I mean, that's what makes this so exciting, I think, for um, the investors as well, because they not only are they getting in early, but they're choosing the products, the people, the platforms that they truly believe in. 
And they're part of that journey. And I love how you take it one step further. The fact that they're actually getting products. So now they're, now they're part of the, the kind of user journey, but they're also part of the investment journey at the same time. So it really is putting a tremendous amount of power into your you know traditional retailer, regular everyday folks, um, which yeah. is incredibly powerful for hardware startups. You know, something you mentioned about that Oculus, that's a, one thing that a lot of hard ups, hardware startups kind of miss out on. It's that they get all excited. They say, oh, look, you know, I, I made 50 grand this year in profit. Do you know how much you're worth in a hardware product that's scaling up if you've made 50 grand in profit, right? Yeah, it may seem like, okay, well, now you can finally pay the bills and you know start paying yourself a salary, but you're worth exponentially more than that because hardware scales like crazy. Um, right. especially for hot products, especially new, innovative. And there's such a revolution on basically everything getting redesigned as we put connectivity and chips and all that into everything around you, love it or hate it, it's happening. So it's a tremendous opportunity. And now all these tools, which really, even if we look back uh, 10 years ago, I started this business almost 20 years ago, none of this existed. And then you know, not even like student incubation at, at universities or hardware accelerators or maker spaces, all this sort of stuff. Like there's very tiny little sprinklings of it. Fast forward 20 years later, there's almost a hundred times as many startup incubators as there was 20 years ago. And then multiply that, that by the fact that you have incredible programs like Front Funder, which gives access, funding access, scaling access to so many entrepreneurs, in addition to everything else that's happening to promote and accelerate small business innovation, including, like you mentioned in your example with Oculus, the big companies are spending less in R&D and more in acquiring great companies. That's right. right? Yeah. And that that yeah. is a huge... So I always like to look at the light at the end of the tunnel, and especially looking at FrontFunder as, as a very critical spot to actually scale these companies to get to the point where they become a massive acquisition target. And that's exactly what happened to Oculus, right? In terms of acquisition target, they hit a certain threshold, a small amount of sales. Facebook looked at it and said, I can make this a thousand times the size yes. and I'm going to pay you a hefty price for your yeah. efforts to, to get well, it to where you got it to. Right? Totally. And if you have then, if you if that company on the way to being acquired by Facebook or one of those bigger corporates, if, if they raise money along the way, from the public. So, and this is also like, ultimately we see front from ourselves as a, as a purpose-driven company in terms of offering the, 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 the you know, hardware startups and all other startups, the opportunity to raise capital in this, in this way. So it gives an alternative, you know, we truly, let's say, create a market because they don't have to go to this small group of the traditional investor. They have more right. choice, which is usually if you have more choice in the market, usually better, you get better products, better prices, all that. So it's great for you, for the, for the company, we're already for startups. We already talked about that. And then on the investor side, you know, we're, 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 we're providing these smaller investors access to investment opportunities. It's truly democratizing um, you know, investing in these startups. So even the smaller investors can now get a piece of the action on the way to this company on, you know, later on being acquired by a bigger, bigger company. And just to give you an idea is that through FrontFunner, you know, you can invest for as little as some, some companies, their minimum is $250, $250. And you become essentially a co-owner. You, you receive shares ownership in that, in that company. Right, so it's it's really so we see smaller investors, we see bigger investors. It's really all over them, and that's really what we believe in. Is hey, this needs to be open up. It needs to be accessible for everyone. And ultimately, you're creating, you're kind of sharing that wealth creation that's happening in the entrepreneurial and startup space with the way larger, you know, community. Right, and and it's 
know, to a lot of people, a lot of investors out there, it's, it's a more comfortable space. So I don't really like investing in, in big stocks. I like to invest in small companies that I can really understand, that I can see the value, and I believe that they could scale to tremendous sizes, right? So I, I'm an investor on Front Funder. I love the platform. Um, I'm very you know, excited to see the growth of it and the growth of the opportunities that come through the platform. Because for me, I'm much more comfortable in putting a little piece of my portfolio or certain certain elements of my portfolio in a company that I can truly, truly relate to and understand and be a part of that journey as opposed to hoping I'm going to guess right on some massive Fortune 500 uh, company. And I know there's many people like me that think this way out there as well. They want to be closer to their investment. And that's a really uh, interesting angle that uh, has been brought forth and only has really happened over the last uh, uh, few years. So let's flip the switch and talk about it a bit more from um, the hardware startup's perspective. What are some of the tips to really do a good job of utilizing this type of technology to get the best amount of capital and the right type of capital and all that sort of stuff. So, first of all, how do they um, how do they choose a, a platform? And second of all, uh, what are the best practices to actually execute on you know being one of the winning 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 tickets on that platform? Yeah, yeah, great, great question, <clears throat> and very very important for 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 startups or for startups because it may not be for uh, for any any type, right? So, um, what we typically recommend for for you know for, for companies where you got to think through is is first of all when you decide to raise capital through through a, a way of front funder and you know equity crowdfunding, you're not outsourcing your funding. That's very important. You're not saying okay, I put my deal, my my capital raise on front funder or any other platform. And I sit back, and they'll call me when the money is in. It's it just doesn't work <laughs> like that. It's it is really hard work for you as the company. So it's important to to understand that uh, when you decide to to do this, you use you, you've if it's hard work from preparation to to actually running the campaign to you know to to, to closing it. So um, so it all comes down to uh, to being willing and see the, the added value of, of doing that. So again, not only raising capital, but also, you know, the opportunity to create awareness around your project, all of that. If that, if that fits with your company, say, yeah, I, I can see that work for me. I'm looking to raise capital and this is an opportunity to push my product and create awareness. That's a good start. Secondly, if you indeed also recognize the fact like, okay, I've got to really work on this because ultimately what we can do through our platform is we, you know, we we can we we always say we work in partnership with the issuer, with with the company, right? The capital raiser. Right. So we can help to amplify matches. We can obviously push it out to our community jointly. We tap new, you know, new prospective investors. But ultimately, you know, it's it's the baby of the entrepreneur, right? That they need to they can tell their story the best. So what we're doing with Frontfunner is pro providing, and any other platform for that matter, is providing a, a platform to basically get that message out and reach out to as many people as you can. So, uh, so it needs to fit on the platform. You need to understand that it's hard work. But hey, if you put it in perspective, if you count with all the hours of putting decks together, pitching to you know many, many, you know, angels, VCs and flying around, it all takes time as well, right? So, so uh, you know, if you compare them, um, I would say still count on more time for running a campaign, but you need to be aware of that that is what it really takes. Um, yeah, that, so that's, that's good. I just want to highlight something there sure. too. Like the, the beauty of this platform, and I've seen 
hundreds of hardware raises in my day, right? For our clients, we've developed products. They've gone through various, every different type of financing arrangement you can think of. Um, what's amazing about crowdfunding is that it's it's certainly like anything else, you have to put, you you get what you put into it. I think that's a, that's a great first lesson. And it's the same with Kickstarter and Indiegogo. The first thing we tell our clients is it's not a sales channel. It's a tool. It's a yeah. tool for you to use to then be able to go out there and in what you know raise money essentially for now in Kickstarter and Indiegogo's case it's for product for your your case it's, it's equity and actually can be tied with product as we learned earlier but um, the nice thing about it is that yes although it is hard work you've made the value of that work exponentially more impactful in terms of your funding raise like never before could you have gone had a platform like this and then just been able to send emails or send or, or you know blast out on your your company's social media or whatever and say hey we're raising around click here four buttons later and you're an investor <laughs> so right. as yeah. much as you know it requires putting in the effort which i think is the first thing it is i can tell you it's far easier to raise money with these new and sophisticated platforms than it was even 5 years ago um so it's it's and you also have all of the tools from 5 years ago and and back for the last 10,000 years of raising money. You have all those tools at your disposal as well, but this is a big one. And this one really smooths the process out for um, hardware startups, especially that are trying to raise from many great opportunity segments like their customer base or their social media or prospective customers, right? Yeah. Or partner yeah. uh, media agencies, people who want to write about you and talk about you. Well, these are great channels to drive business in. So, you know, on the flip side, I guess, um, to the, to uh, you know, understanding the hard work. What are the things that um, are really required to make a campaign work well? If yeah. you're you know willing to put in the effort to um, to use a platform like yours to actually amplify that that funding source. Yeah, totally. And you know, so. Um, uh, so, so before I answer that that question, because you also mentioned like, hey, there are many platforms out there, and and so if you take a decision like, hey, this is for me, this is for my company, I like this, there's a fit, I want to do this. So you made a decision, I want to go down this route. The second one is then, of course, um, informing yourself about the different platforms out there, and you know, get to know them, see how they work. And I would say there is that obviously, you know, reach out to these these platforms, see how they how they operate. Also, remember that this is and this is a fundamental difference to a Kickstarter, Indiegogo, is where it's donations, whatever. This is capital raising. This is basically this is a securities industry is regulated. So make sure you. Um, you 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 are clear on how does this platform operate and how is this platform uh, registered? Is it registered? Does it uh, does it report to the securities regulators or how are they working? Right, because you are taking ultimately ultimately uh, people's money. You want to make sure that that's done properly and that that you're all on side with securities regulators and a good platform that ticks all those boxes and is properly registered, like we as FrontFunder are and there are others out there, uh, is to to make sure it also keeps you as the capital raiser, the company on site. That's important. So so and then you of course ask about how do they work, what are their fee structures? Typically we we have an you know an upfront duties and listing fees, plus we take a percentage success fees on the on the funds raised through the platform, which is pretty standard across the, the industry. Then to your question, once you've done all that, you select your platform. So what are sort of the 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 let's say the the success factors, right? You ask about what is what makes a successful campaign, and and again, it ties back to comes down to preparation. Preparation right. is we have companies say, okay, great, when can we launch? Next week, 
and say, well, you don't want to launch right. next week, uh, typically, because you're not ready yet, right? So you want to take care, to, 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 you want to take time to to prepare the campaign. We, we typically see that could say, if you're really ready to go and you've got your marketing dialed in and all of that and your messaging all clear, you could do it within a month, but we see companies that take three months or even more, right? right. So you, you take time to prepare because it's almost like you're preparing, you're practicing, and then you're going on stage. Because that's what's happening. You're going literally on virtual stage if you write if you like to raise <laughs> capital. So then once you're on stage and you look around like, okay, now I'm here. What am I gonna do? What I'm gonna show it. So you gotta think that through from actually day one of your launch to the actual closing, right? So so preparation, think about also what are the what are the key messages? What is really important is to remember you're reaching out to anyone really. So make it digest, keep it simple. You know, if you can't really pitch your product. And and show it at early yet. You always have the same with the, with the traditional crowdfunding. You have typically a video. You show your product. You show your traction, and all of that. You want to make it really simple and appealing for for investor. You got to prepare your messaging, and then once you launch, you um, you know, you, you basically go through that playbook that you prepared. You know, so you combine, you know, new things. You got a new feature of your product. Show it, right? You've got a new contract sign up. Okay, you can you can send through our platform, you can send updates to your followers and anybody else for that matter. Very push cool. it out through social media, right? So you want to make sure that you're on stage and every day, well, 24-7, you're performing. So you want to make sure that you share your your excitement, your progress with your perspective investors because some of them some of them they see it they watch the video on, on front funder say i'm in invest and just so the oldest knows here you can literally sign up and complete your investment in as little as 10 12 minutes and you're done your absolute is done and it's all compliant everything is done from electronic signing documents to transfer funds everything so when you so some some investors decide on the spot and are always the ones say okay i'm sort of Gonna look at this gonna follow it so they're they're not the early adapters so those are you want to sort of keep make them more excited share stories about the progress you're making and it's and at some point they will or they will not say hey yeah i'm gonna i want to invest in this company as well two things that really pop out for me there one in terms of your preparedness i know for hardware one of the big keys is you know show that you have uh customers even just a few that love your product simple like that, that keep it simple keep it clean but be prepared, right? That's especially from a hardware perspective, your product is your pitch for the most part. And then obviously there's all the business and growth and potential opportunity, but realistically hardware investors, the first thing they want to look at, what is, what is your thing? And then that thing's cool. I like it. Uh, who else likes it? Really buyers, are they willing to whip out their credit card and pay for it? So um, you mentioned you had that one company, they did a successful Kickstarter campaign, perfect ammunition now to prepare for your launch, use that as your ammo behind your campaign. Show that users are are willing to pay for it, have bought, you've pre-sold certain units. Maybe even they have some units, maybe some of your early units or your first production runs already out there, or you know, at least that there, there, there's people who have bought it. Um, and then that obviously prepares you for all your marketing materials to then raise money. But what's really cool, the second thing I wanted to touch on is the fact that you then continue to build your business and update your customers as you're building your business. First of all, it's great for business. You know, you don't want to just go live on day one and then and and you know wait for the money to roll in. You want to go live on day one and simultaneously be building your your business as you would have, you know, even without the yeah. funding. And yeah. then continue to update 
let them see that, okay, this is a hustler. This is somebody who's really trying to get this going. Every week, I'm getting a new amazing update of a new partnership that they, that they signed or a new design feature that they put in place or something they improved in their manufacturing quality or something that is you know exciting, a celebrity endorsement or some, a new team member that you just brought on board. Whatever it might be, keep those updates flowing because they're in, in sales, there's always your, your two customers. There's one who signed kind of right away, but there's the others, which is a bigger bracket that is interested and might sign if they see you know the right things uh, going forward. So I think that's a really key thing that most people, whether it's a Kickstarter campaign or whether they're raising equity uh, down the road, they miss out on that major opportunity to double or even triple uh, their potential intake by continuing that relationship. Totally. Yeah. We, we typically re- recommend companies on our platform to send out ideally at least once a week an update, right? So you obviously right. they can use their own social media channels for that, but also, you know, you can send updates through our plat- platform. So already to existing investors as well, because it's always good to see a confirmation of I made the right decision. And in fact, right. this is even getting better every week. I'm going to share it with even more people because they should get into this as well, right? So you, so you use that to really... Uh, get the followers and your investors already excited. They can they can truly follow your progress, and they can you encourage them, of course, by doing that to to share that right in their in their in their community. So that's that is indeed a key a key part of a successful a successful campaign. Right, and and that's what kind of starts to create that snowball effect, right? As more people get engaged, as more interesting contents coming out, the more people that get interested, the more people that start spreading it or talking about it, or writing about it on blogs or whatever it might be, reviewing it. Right. And as, as this platform and as people are learning more and more about these types of investment opportunities too, like now is such a tremendous time to get involved with it because it's at the, it really is the early stages of this. So for hardware startups or any business really that's looking at this as an alternative platform, it's, it's fairly young at the moment. So there's a tremendous amount of meat on the bones for everybody who is kind of able to pivot is willing to actually take the next steps and actually look into different methods to scale your business and being on top of you know the tools of, of modern modern times. So really exciting time to be a part of it. Um, Peter Paul, for uh, people that actually want to look into Front Funder, uh, what's the website um, or anything else uh, you want them to know or hear about or whatever else? And uh, yeah, then we'll say goodbye. Absolutely. Yeah. So best go to uh, um, frontfunder.com. So frontfunder with DR. So we skip the E, frontfunder.com. And it's easy there, whether you're a company, hardware company looking to raise, or you're an investor, you simply sign up. You can find more information how it works for, for you as a capital raiser, a company, as well as, as an investor. You can explore opportunities. Uh, that's the best uh, best start. Uh, and we have all you know information there on how it works, et cetera. That's great. Peter Paul, really appreciate you taking the time today to uh, give us a whole bunch of golden value nuggets here. Um, it was a very exciting, uh, exciting chat, and uh, hope to have you back on the show another day. Thanks again. It was my pleasure. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks, Peter Paul. Take care. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Product Startup Podcast, the show that teaches you what it really takes to bring your product to market and turn it into a big success. This podcast series is brought to you by Maco Design and Invent, the original and leading firm in North America to provide global caliber end-to-end physical consumer product development to startups, inventors, and small product business clients. If you're looking for product development help on your invention, head over to to macodesign.com. That's M A K O design.
www.macodesign.com for a free consultation from one of Maco Design's four design studios from coast to coast. Thanks for listening and see you next time.